along to the big red bench this Sunday. What a day of action in the Co-op Superstars Premier Senior Hurling Championship. We'll round up all of the results and what it means for the knockout stages. We're going to hear from Munster's Dorothy Wall and Neve Briggs after yesterday's defeat to Leinster in the Women's Interpro Final at Musgrave Park. Moss Finn is going to preview the Rugby World Cup. Jar McCarthy has been talking Irish senior with Irish senior basketball captain Adele Thornton. Uh, we're going to hear about the upcoming Rebel County Wrestling event also. And of course, it was a big day in the Premier League. It still is. It's Arsenal 1, Manchester United 1 at the Emirates. About 70 minutes gone there. And we're going to have all the results and reaction to all the games today. All of that between here and 7. listening to the big red bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan here with you until 7 o'clock and uh, we have a lot to get through. 0868104106 if you want to get in touch with us or at Big Red Bench on Twitter or X or whatever it's known as these days. As I was saying uh, just before we went to the quick break, it's Arsenal 1, Manchester United 172 minutes gone there. Rasmus Hoyland is on the pitch He's made his debut for Man United. Worryingly, though, Lissandro Martinez has gone off and uh, Harry Maguire is now on the pitch for Manchester United, which can only mean something is uh, hilarious. Uh, well, hilarious for non-Manchester United fans is about to happen. Um, Arsenal had a penalty decision overturned, um, which I was surprised it was overturned. And look, it was a soft penalty. I mean, like you... But you've seen them given, you know what I mean? And it was surprising. Rashford, uh, Max Rashford with the goal, uh, the opening goal in the first half. And then Rasmus Hoyland, or uh, sorry, Martin Odegaard uh, equalised just a minute later. Uh, Elsewhere today uh, in the Premier League, Crystal Palace had a good win over Wolves. It was 3-2 there. Here's Ryan Bromelow. It's Crystal Palace 3, Wolves 2 in a game that changed to the introduction of Jean-Philippe Mateta. He was magnificent from the bench. He set up the second for Eze and in style teed up the third for Edouard's double in a thrilling second half. Edouard poked Palace in front before Huang snatched an equaliser with his first touch. Cunha snatched a 96-minute consolation but Mateta takes all the plaudits and gets the host back to winning ways. It's finished Crystal Palace 3, Wolves 2. And it was another victory for Liverpool over Aston Villa 3-0. Here's Shane Pennington. Liverpool 3, Aston Villa 0. And there's three wins from four then for Liverpool in Jurgen Klopp after a dominant display saw off Aston Villa. Dominic Saboslai fired them in front on three minutes and they never looked back. Darwin Nunes then saw Nefer hit the post and strike Matty Cash to make it two. And Nunes then hit the bar and Salah Matip also missed other good chances for the host before Mo Salah made it three and sealed the points after Alexander-Arnold's corner was flicked on by Nunes. Villa were very much second best here with Matty Cash and Leon Bailey wasting their best opportunities. Liverpool 3, Aston Villa 0. Celtic beat Rangers in the first old fir- old firm derby of the season at Ibrox. It was 1-0. Kyogo Furuhashi with the goal. Ireland's Liam Scales played the full 90 minutes for Celtic. Andrew Omabamadele has been called into the Republic of Ireland squad. I would say precautionary due to John Egan going off injured yesterday uh, for Sheffield United. Obviously, it's France and the Netherlands uh, coming up next week in the Euros, the Euros qualifiers. Um, in golf, Smilla Sonderby has won the KPMG Women's Irish Open at Tremoland Castle. The Dane carried a 10 under par round of 62 in regulation play to post a target of 16 under par. The total was matched by Anne Van Dam and Lisa Pedersen, but Sonderby won the three-way playoff with an eagle on the first extra hole. 
Leona Maguire finished best of the Irish on eight under par in a tie for 14th. On the GP World Tour, Swede Ludwig Aberg took the European Masters in Switzerland by two shots and 19 under par. Patrick Harrington ended on 12 under. Cork Sean Murphy was level par. And uh, elsewhere then, Formula One, Red Bull's Max Verstappen, he created a bit of history. The first ever driver to win 10 races in a row. It'll take some doing to overturn that. And, well, it could be 11, 12, 13. You just don't know with this season. Um, He took the checkered flag ahead of teammate Sergio Perez, who was P2 at the Italian Grand Prix. Uh, Carlos Sainz started on pole and ended up third in front of the Ferrari fans at Monza. All right, uh, what a massive day in the Co-op Superstars Premier Hurling Championship. It's all over. Middleton, 23 points. BlackRock, 18. That was a battle for top spot in Group A and it's Middleton who take top spot and take the automatic semi-final spot as well. Uh, the losers of Bishopstown versus Glen, Glen Rovers were destined for the relegation playoff. We were talking about it last night and it's been uh, it's been an upset. Bishopstown winning 221 to 219 in Parky Rin. It means Glen Rovers will head into the relegation playoff. What a result for Bishopstown that was. In Group B, Moran Abbey saw uh, Douglas versus Charleville. Douglas were looking to go three from three. Charleville needed a result to get into the knockout round and Charleville did get, did get their results. They did even better than that. They won 218 to 21 points. Father O'Neill's 216, Aaron's own 118. They both needed to win in Klein. They also were relying on a, a favourable result in the other game. Neither of that happened. So uh, unfortunately for them, they're both out of the championship. Um, just double check and make sure that statement is correct. Yes, it is. <laughs> they are both uh, out of the championship. Group C then was the most wide open one. Uh, Sarsfields uh, did top the group uh, with their. Uh, they just needed a result. They they won. They won well against Newtown Chandram, four nineteen to one eighteen. So they topped their group in for my reigning champion Saint Finbars. They could have been knocked out by Cantork, but they won 29 points to 118. That means that Cantork will be the ones who face Glen Rovers in that relegation playoff. The path to the final uh, is here. Middleton, as I said, into that automatic semi-final spot, and they will play the winners of Charleville versus St. Finbars. That's going to be a very good game. Uh, St. Finbars looking to retain their title. In the other side of the draw then, it's Sarsfields versus Black Rock, um, and Douglas versus Immakilly. And the uh, obviously the winners of those two games will face off in the semi-final. Sarsfields v Black Rock seems like the the tie of the round there, doesn't it? Uh, could be a really interesting game. And uh, yeah, the same then next week, next weekend, next Sunday for the Premier Senior Football Championship uh, should be exciting. And uh, yeah, we're, we're we're going to be into the knockout rounds then of of all the championships and um, you know real knockout football games on at, at uh, Parky Cueve under the lights now because the evenings have disappeared uh, so really looking forward to that one alright it wasn't to be for Munster last night at Mosgrave Park they were on for four in a row against Leinster but Leinster got the job done in the end uh, Aoife O'Callaghan was at Mosgrave Park for us and she was speaking to Munster's Dorothy Wall after the game I suppose just some of that performance for us yeah, I suppose um, Leinster capitalised on the opportunities they got and we didn't. Um, so when you're clinical in those areas, you win games and unfortunately we couldn't do that today and they did, so fair play to them. And I suppose you really physical games back-to-back, so how do you like, get yourself ready for that but mentally history, especially facing Leinster back-to-back? Yeah, I suppose it's just a routine of like um, making sure your body's all right, fueling up, recovery, sleep. Uh, I think every athlete knows what they have to do to prepare for a big game like that. It was hot today as well, so it was that little bit tougher. 
Um, but yeah, same as every week. I suppose even with the loss, what was your moment of the Interros? The moment of the Interros, probably Roshi Norman's break, 60 metre break, loose head prop, fantastic. I suppose you've had mixture of ages in the team this year between Ibra Hanstein coming back and yeah. newer players coming in. I suppose, what has that changed any dynamic in the team games where I suppose the younger players? Oh, I think it's only added to the dynamic. It's so special to be able to have that range of ages and game experience, life experience and appreciating, you know, what the young players bring to a team and then them getting to play with their role models in a way in the likes of Emer Considine, etc. So many international caps. So it's really special and you quite, you do form this bond with everyone no matter what age. So and you, you kind of don't get that anywhere else in life. So it's uh, very special. And I suppose it's the first time we've had <coughs> two last bench pros in the space of six kind of seven months yeah, yeah. do you think that was beneficial for you as 100% like game time is gold uh, fair play to Leinster for winning today but I think every player probably has gotten better during this campaign and the exposure to game time is most important really and I suppose finally just looking back is there anything you would have changed in today's performance Oh, yeah, I would have changed a few things. Like I think we all would have, but uh, there's no point thinking about that now. Just going to enjoy the night with the group. And then I think we've uh, day two food tomorrow. So it's just about getting around each other. This is sport. You lose, you win. You still are there for your teammates and you still put the arm around to make sure everyone's all right. We'll enjoy tonight. <laughs> Thanks, William. Thank you. Yeah, Dorothy Wall there. Aoife also spoke to Munster coach Neve Briggs. So I suppose sum up that performance for us. Yeah, frustrated a lot. I think uh, hard to kind of put into words at the moment. I think that uh, we, you know, I thought we had a re-cracking first half. Played lots of rugby. I think sucked the life out of ourselves a little bit because we didn't really get on top from the scoreboard point of view. But I felt at half time that we had still loads of uh, energy to play that kind of game we want to play but just fell on the referees wrong side a bit very frustrating uh, from our point of view and then yeah I just think when you're trying to force things down and you're trying to chase games you kind of uh, make key mistakes at key times so they're a very young group and I'm incredibly proud of them um, and yeah look, we'll just regroup and hopefully we'll go again next year and you had some really physical games back to back I suppose how did you keep on form with them being week in week out yeah look obviously the four weeks is tough but it's, every team is playing four weeks so I don't really think it's much of an excuse I just think uh, we just maybe ran out of the patience maybe to stick in one at a time when we could have uh, really just pulled the trigger and um, and maybe got another score or two in that first half dominance so yeah look fair play to Leinster they're uh, a good side and um, yeah they punish their mistakes and it's the first time we've had two inch pros in the space of I suppose six months do you think that was beneficial for you? Uh, yeah look it was and it wasn't I suppose we captured a lot of new players this year which is great for us uh, so we're building uh, down here in Munster and I think that's huge um, so look we got to regroup Barbarians now on September 30th we're really looking forward to playing a double header in Thorne Park um, and that's just going to be the next big goal for us and as you said a lot of new players coming through a lot of youth coming through can you give us a few words on them? Yeah look it's incredible when you look at the likes of Beth Bottomer who's collecting even results last week at Friday and turns up to captain's run on Friday evening just incredible dedication and a will to go wanting to get better um, and it's across the board I think the likes of you know Kay Flannery and Brianna Hindman were you know Brianna was a centre of July and turned into a back row by the time the intro started to be fair to her yeah Ellen Boylan look there's loads of young players not even now there's a, a, 
about 10 or 15 girls on the sideline that just don't make a match day squad and uh, are incredibly young, some still in sixth year in school, that hopefully will start coming through that pathway now. So it gives me great hope, to be fair. Um, and I think that there's been a lot of good work done on the ground, a lot of unseen work, I think, and hopefully we'll bear those fruits of that labour next year. And I suppose, finally, not to put you on the spot, what has been your moment of the provincial season? Oh, look, it's been lots of really good moments. I think... Uh, the journey that we got to be together for 14 weeks I think it's really hard to pick one out I said to the girls today beforehand it's not really about the, the result it's about the process and the outcome the process as opposed to the outcome We've, I've enjoyed their company immensely they're a brilliant group that give you everything so I think it's kind of hard to pinpoint one <laughs> Yeah, Neve Briggs there speaking to Aoife Callahan and John McCarthy will have more reaction as well on uh, the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast during the week. Big save here by Andre Onana. Um, uh, but Bakayo Saka had the shot. Harry Maguire just standing there watching him do it as well. Seven minutes to go. It's one all at the Emirates. All right, the Rugby World Cup starts in next week, Saturday. It's uh, Ireland versus Romania. Uh, the first game is a really good game. France versus New Zealand and it's going to set up the tournament for you know two months of uh, of cracking rugby and we'll cover it all here on the Big Red Bench. I spoke to Moss Finn ahead of it all kicking off next week. Delighted to be joined now on the line by former Ireland international Moss Finn ahead of the World Cup which starts in just a week. Can you believe it? Moss, thanks a minute for joining us at the Big Red Bench. Great, very welcome. Um you didn't play in the World Cup uh, through no fault of your own, obviously. <laughs> it hadn't started. No, I was No, I, it, yeah, I, I was um, in '87. Yeah, I didn't make it. I was kind of the 27th man. I was on standby, but I was I was old at that stage. I was, but I didn't make it. No, I was very close to, it, but I didn't, unfortunately. But that was the first one in New Zealand in '87. I was on the panel, but I didn't make the final cut. Unfortunately, I was in my 30s at that time, and the legs were going a little, <laughs> as you can imagine. Is it is it something that maybe isn't a regret, but you wouldn't have minded it having started maybe four years earlier? Yeah, yeah, you know, if you, um, it would be nice to have played in a World Cup certainly, but um, that time it was the game was still amateur, so it wasn't a, a, as big a deal. You know what I mean? But and there was a lot of um, sort of um, the, the 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 first one in New Zealand. You know, it wasn't very well run in that, and it was a little bit splintered. So. Um, the, the the World Cup that we that it that it has become is a far more well organised event and all that. It wasn't as big a deal that time. That's the point I'm making. And the initial one had they made a lot of mistakes in the organisation of and all that. But um, I wouldn't say it is a regret. But I, I would certainly put them in a nice feather on the cap if I had been a little bit younger, perhaps, and made one. Yeah, it's it's amazing yeah, to think now that the tournament it's turned into like. Um, we've we've talked about this over maybe the last uh, couple of months um, and why it feels different this time for Ireland. Why do you think it's always been such a mess for Ireland over the past couple yeah. of years, over the last uh, few tournaments? Well, we have we have played very badly in World Cups. We've played way below par. We you know we've been beaten by Argentina a couple of times and hammered by Japan under Joe Smith's tutelage the last time. Um, I think like Eddie Sullivan and Declan Kidney and Joe Smith, the three of them, when it came to World Cups, they seemed to make quite irrational decisions, which was kind of out of keeping with their form up to that. There were always fellas who made the right decisions, particularly Joe Smith. Like yeah. he, he completely lost the plot. And I mean he's he's a huge man. He's involved with New Zealand and he was involved with World Rugby, but he's a great fellow. But I'd like 
he made some terrible errors in our preparation for Japan when we were after winning a Grand Slam as well. You know what I mean? So um, I think we have learned from that. And um, I think Andy Farrell is a far more pragmatic and a far more clever man than we've ever had in charge of Ireland. Um, like even down to last week there when we played Samoa, like he knew Samoa were a threat because you know the dogs in the streets know Samoa are strong because they're they can they can draw on more players from the islands because of the the, the rules being changed slightly. Yeah, and he he kept our heavyweights in reserve there. And when when things were going strange in the second half last week, where we were under threat of losing to Samoa. He brought on the heavyweights, like, but he he had the heavyweights as reserve is the point I'm making. I'm not too sure Declan Kidney or Joe Smith would have, would be as clever as that. So, I I think we won't go the way of former World Cups. I think we'll fulfil our our form in this World Cup, and I'm very very positive about our chances. We'll touch back on Ireland in a moment. First of all, what an opener, France versus New Zealand. It'll make a difference as well, of course, to Ireland's tournament, as we will end up facing one of them in in the quarterfinal, should Ireland get out the group, obviously, hopefully. Uh, but France must be licking their lips, uh, especially after that disaster by New Zealand against South Africa last week. Yeah, it's unbelievable, really. And it's it's the bad face of, of rugby, really. You know, it's the... It's the negative aspect of rugby and South Africa are reinforcing it, which is dreadful because I, I don't like this one-route rugby. Um, I think the the All Blacks had been preparing extremely well for the World Cup with this fast-tempo rugby, rugby as it should be played. Yeah, They're not huge men, they're not gargantuan men like the South Africans, but they were playing a lovely high-tempo rugby and they won the rugby championship down under, playing great rugby. Next thing, they come up against South Africa, who were hungry and stung, having lost the championship. New Zealand lost a player. They sprung the seven forwards from the bench then and literally, physically obliterated the All Blacks, which is... I've never, ever seen that in my lifetime. The All Blacks being physically beaten up by that so much. So perhaps France will be licking their lips and I would consider them to be favourites to beat New Zealand next Friday. But against having said that, New Zealand are always New Zealand. Exactly. They, they really do come alive in the World Cup situation. Um, Australia and England as well, they're fairly lucky with their group. Look, we, we, we've said it before, um, and uh, especially considering both of their forms heading into this tournament, they are... Yeah, well, you don't you don't expect them to be anywhere near. Well, maybe one of them might sneak into the last four just because of how lucky they've been with the draw. But uh, yeah. they're certainly not contenders. Yeah, like England can get through to the last four without having to play any of the top eight teams in the world, which is an extraordinary stat. Um, Australia, I, I, but I don't think England have the wherewithal to do it, and I don't. I think they're in a, in a, in a bad way, and I'm not too sure. But Barthwick has the wherewithal to to guide them. But Eddie Jones is a clever man. Like he's been yeah. in three finals, he won one of them. And Australia are a bit under the radar, and like. I think they're due a bit of a run. It wouldn't surprise me to see them do well, you know. The Will Skelton, their captain there, is the, the La Rochelle enforcer. And, like, he, he's a fair performer, you know. He, he he could lead Australia to beat the likes of South Africa in a one-on-one because Australia can match South Africa for physicality because they're big men themselves, you know. But So I, I'd see Australia as a dark horse and I would also see Samoa as a bit of a dark horse because they're better than what they were for the last... 
cut for the last World Cup, so yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, like you said, that Eddie Jones factor with Australia is majorly important, isn't it? He's he is the the, the World Cup specialist, if ever there was one. He is, and he he's a clever clogs, you know, and he's he's a guy who can pick a team to dismantle another team. Like he 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 mightn't just pick it to play the way he wants to play. He can he can pick a team that can sort of zone in on the weaknesses of the opposition and and and, and garner a victory out of that. Like, but they don't have any form. But then again. You know, like if you saw this, they probably shouldn't, probably won't win it. But they, of the, of the outsiders, I would give them the best chance. I put them ahead of England and Wales, certainly, even Scotland. You know, yeah, Ireland. Then of course it's South Africa, the Scots, Tonga, Romania. Romania first, then Tonga. It should be two routine wins before that mammoth test with the Springboks on the twenty third of September, and then obviously Scotland after that as well. Um, it, it's set up nicely fixtures wise for Ireland isn't it to build up to that game against South Africa it is and uh, obviously we have to give we have to give Sexton a gallop in both of them because he's undercooked you know and uh, he's he's seminal to our chances like he's he's terribly or he's pivotal to our chances he's 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 a very important man for us you see he like where I know where um, Intimac is a huge loss to France but they have three replacements instead of them, like Thomas Ramos there and Judah Bear. They, they can replace them with, with, with mature, capped players, whereas if Sexton doesn't stand up for us, we have Jack Crowley and Ross Bourne, and Jack Crowley is undercooked, and Ross Bourne isn't, isn't quite the deal, in my opinion. Yeah. So um, it, it'll be interesting, and we have the two first, so I, I hope Sexton plays at least 60 minutes in both of them, and then we'll be ready for the the test against South Africa um, how that will go I don't know whether we want to come first or second in the group is a big debate and you hear it in the pubs all the time do we want to play France or New Zealand and a funny thing to say I thought you'd never hear me saying this I prefer to play New Zealand rather than France yeah like so, absolutely yeah. like if you are going to get over that quarter final who do what better team to do it against yeah. and well it's like this if, if you were to pick which team you wanted to play tomorrow morning you're not going to want to go up against France because they're simply just far better than New Zealand at the moment. And the the, the French factor of playing at home, like they're yeah, true, exactly. They're not, they're not the same force when they travel, but when they play in when they play in Paris, they're they're ten points a better team. And like um, I was reading O'Gara there this morning, he said that the French like will will leave everything out in the field at home. Like they'll they'll die to win this World Cup and. No, plus also they have the ability and they probably have the best player in the world in DuPont, the, the number nine. He's the best, I think he's the best player in the world. He's the Dan Carter of France for this World Cup. Yeah. You know, so I think I think they'll, they'll be the force to be beaten, you know. So I, I think if we come second maybe and take on New Zealand at the quarterfinal, I prefer that because I think France will win the group and France will beat New Zealand next Friday night. Yeah, so Ireland, Ireland would have to win the group then to, to end up facing New Zealand. It would be first versus second, I suppose. Um, which yeah, is, it's, so we yeah, have to, we have to beat South Africa. Whether we can beat South Africa and Scotland after that, I'm not so sure because to beat South Africa could take an awful physical um, yeah. toll on us, you know. And like the bottom line Eden, is that the we have to keep our enforcers fit. Like I mean. For us to win the World Cup, we have to have the big men fit all the time. Otherwise, we can't play the likes of New Zealand, France, and, and take them on physically. Like Ty, Ty Furlong, James Ryan, uh, Caelan Doris, Peter O'Mahony, uh, Porter, our physical presence, our enforcers, as I call them, we have to keep them fit. If we can beat them fit, 
we can beat anyone in the world. Like, But if we lose any one or two of them, it's impossible then to take on the likes of South Africa with their gargantuan pack and gargantuan subs. So we need a bit of luck with the with the injuries and all that. Yeah, you've, you've kind of given us your, your thoughts already. Um, but to take Ireland out of the equation, uh, who are your favourites? Obviously, you've mentioned France probably are the standouts. Uh, then tell us where you do think Andy Farrell's side fit into the picture. Well, I said that the, the, I, I would have France as favourites, New Zealand second favourites, South, South Africa third favourites. I'd have Ireland in the top four. That that's where I see them. One of those four teams will win the World Cup. Would be would, would in my opinion. I don't think there's any teams will challenge outside of that to win it. Samoa might be a bit of a dark horse. Australia might be a dark horse. But I think that's where we fit into the equation. But on our day, in any one of the three of them, France, New Zealand, South Africa, on, on, on a given day, we can beat any of them. No, that'll depend on injuries. It'll depend on what went before. If you're, if you're playing New Zealand and South Africa in successive weeks, have you got the physicality to... For, for the four for the five day turnaround, every match is a five day turnaround. Like you saw in the last World Cup, where England beat New Zealand in a fantastic display of rugby. Yeah, and they were absolutely exhausted the following week in Japan against South Africa, and South Africa beat them. No, that was facilitated by an absolutely disgracefully mucky pitch in Japan, which facilitated the South Africans. So we we need a bit of luck, and what what, what we need, like say. We're not going to beat South Africa on a, wet, on, on a wet day in Paris or a wet evening yeah. because that'll, that'll suit the bigger men. But if we can meet them on a dry pitch with no wind, good conditions, we can beat them. We can beat anyone on a day, but I would see us as fourth favourites behind those three. Do you think, I don't know, maybe this question, I, I don't know about this question, but is this the World Cup? Is this kind of it for Ireland? Like, Can you see an Ireland team being in this good a position going into another World Cup in the future considering you've the likes of Sexton O'Mahony etc all playing mm-hmm. definitely their last World Cup is this the one now for Ireland I, I, I think that's a very good question I think it is I think we're at our we, we're, we're at our peak and Farrell hasn't reached his peak yet I think for the other World Cups the likes of Kidney and Joe Smith had exhausted their tenure and they were getting the players were getting tired of listening to them Farrell is only in the middle of his reign, even at the start of it virtually. You know, he's not too long into it. Yep. They're not tired of listening to him. He's an extremely clever man. He's put together a huge panel. They all want to play for him. There's complete and utter unity within the, within the entire group. And they're a happy bunch. They will, play, they will play above the sum of their parts. And boy, do we have some parts. I mean, and we've, we have a replacement for every position, perhaps except Sexton. That's the one position I'd be worried about. So to answer your question, I think Ireland will never have a better chance of winning a World Cup. And I don't think they'll disappoint. I'm not saying they'll win it, but they'll go a long way because I don't think they'll disappoint because Farrell has crossed the T's and dotted the I's in every part of the preparation. And I believe in him. The players believe in him. And I'd be extremely hopeful because of that. And as I said, they're a happy bunch and a happy bunch punches above their weight. Excellent stuff. That's exactly what we wanted to hear, Moss. An exciting uh, two months ahead. Uh, And I'm sure we'll be talking to you loads as well during it. Thanks a million for joining us on the show. You're very welcome, Eden. Yeah, thanks a million to Moss Finn for all of that. Arsenal have won that at the end somehow. Like, absolute joke. Sorry, like, Garnacho, random lines drawn by VAR. The top of his nose must have been offside. 
and Evans, Johnny Evans just gets fouled in the box and Declan Rice of all players scores at the back post to make it 2-1 to Arsenal in the 8th minute of 8 minutes added on absolute joke I just can't see how Evans is in fold and random lines completely random generated lines for that Garnacho offside as well uh, but yeah 2-1 to Arsenal anyway. I presume they won it so uh, Irish senior basketball captain Adele Thornton joined Joe McCarthy to review her country's recent win over Austria and how a new look Irish team is preparing for this year's FIBA women's Eurobasket qualifiers now, we are delighted here on the Big Red Bench to be joined by the Irish women's basketball captain and Brunel star, uh, Edel Thornton, who recently helped her country to a fantastic victory over Austria, which we're going to talk about as well as looking ahead to what's coming up this year in both club and for country. Edel, you're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench. How are you? I'm great, sir. Thanks, Amelia, for having me again. I yeah. Lovely to talk to you again. Um, it's been a while, and since we last spoke, I suppose the reason we have you on today um, and to speak to you is because Ireland took on Austria at the National Basketball Arena recently um, in the first of two weekend games. The second one was behind closed doors, but this was part of your preparation for uh, the 2025 FIBA Women's Eurobasket Qualifiers. We'll talk a little bit more about them in a minute, which come in November. But I suppose the headline news, Idel, is that a comeback win over Austria, 73-67, a fantastic performance. Um, a good a good weekend all round in Irish camp. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know it was a really good game for us, and it was a good test. Um, again, high level competition. Um, I suppose we started the game quite well, and then they came on their run, um, and we were down for the majority of the game. To be honest, by like around ten points, we couldn't kind of break that. And then in the fourth quarter, the shots that hadn't been going in and the options that hadn't been going in started to drop. So, um, and then we started take them away a little bit more so it was really good for us to you know um, dig deep and get that comeback win and I think to be honest for me as a player anyway throughout my career the comeback ones nearly mean more um, than if you were ahead the whole game and it's a kind of a testament to the players we have around because we have such a young group and um, it was really nice to see us dig, dig down and uh, dig deep and stay together and get the win. Yeah, I think you're being very modest because it was 22-14 at the end of the first quarter, 40-29 at the end of the second quarter and 54-46 at the end of the third. And that fourth quarter surge, um, as you rightly said, there's some new players under James Weldon in this particular group for this particular game. Really, really encouraging. I suppose the thing is the captain... And again, well, congratulations! You you weighed in as well with fourteen points, which is uh, very very important. Um, as did Bridget Hurley, who, who with twenty nine points. But I suppose the thing from an Irish team's point of view, when you're inside the dressing room afterwards, you that it's the momentum and the happiness, and that you need that momentum for later on in the year with Ireland, and that's the key thing, I suppose, coming out of it. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. You know, um, our last PBR basketball competition, we we were ahead, and the team came back on us. So I think the fact that we've done this for ourselves now and you know, come back against the team um, was really promising for us and especially going forward into November, knowing that we can beat these these teams in these countries. Um, that win was, to be honest, one of the most important ones for us as a group because uh, we did it, you know, down a few bodies. So it was really good for us as a group and as a, as a team. And one of the things uh, your head coach, James Weldon, said afterwards as well is that, look, he felt you were a bit off in the first half, but the courage down the stretch to take those shots, I mean, that's something I know when it's on your shoulders, you, you play that captain's role. You're not afraid to take those shots. How encouraging is it when you see the other players around you, maybe the newer players, not afraid, you know, in an Irish jersey to have a go and, and look what happens? Oh, yeah, it's class. And I think um, I think it helps that the, the, the few of us that are there for a longer time are willing to do that as well. And like when you see that example being portrayed all the time, we kind of 
pride ourselves on everyone being confident and everyone is equal. You know, whether it's your first game or your twelfth game, um, I was thrilled. Like specifically, uh, Kate Hickey hit a three there really close at the end of the game, and she made a layup. And like for me, that would mean more to me her making them shots than if I did because she was willing to take it. Do you know what I mean? And like it was so nice and so encouraging, and for her as well. And um, it was so lovely to see her make the shot. And to be honest, for me to see her take it was one thing, and to see her put it in the basket was amazing. Um, how good were Austria in terms of a test now I know you played a second game you won that game um, as a national basketballer in 73-67 you also won the following day behind closed doors but how good were Austria over the weekend in terms of you know strength of opposition and what kind of what impressed you most about them uh, yeah you know what the first game they, they shot the lights out from behind, behind the three like they were really clinical in what they were trying to do um, and I think they knew we, were, we had five on them inside especially with Bridget and Hannah and Fania but um they did what they needed to do to get an advantage on us and they did it really well. And then, you know, by the Sunday, we kind of figured them out and we won by a bit more, um, which we knew we were capable of. But, you know, um, in comparison to other teams we might have played in the past, they were definitely better. But in terms of the teams that we played in the last window of our basket, they wouldn't be as high level as Czech or Netherlands. But, you know, they're there and they're about to us. So they're games that we, we have to be winning to give ourselves confidence to go in against the you know, the number one season, the number two season. Yeah, you're here listening uh, to the Big Red Bench with me, John McCarthy, and our guest is the Irish women's basketball senior captain and Brunel player, Edel Thornton. Um, you mentioned there, Edel, that the, the, the challenges that lay ahead for the Irish team because uh, in November you take part in the FIBA Women's Eurobasket 2025 qualifiers. These are hugely important. Now, the draw was due to take place in early August, but for whatever reasons it has been postponed, so you still don't know who you're playing in September. But I would imagine under mm-hmm. James Weldon that you've got a timetable now, irrespective of who you're playing in the build up to it um, you know you know exactly what you're doing and the fact as you mentioned to me just before we started we came on air that the club scene starts a bit earlier this year means you get that bit more basketball more time and court time ahead of those qualifiers yeah to be honest I think that's hugely important that the club scene starts earlier um, because like you said we don't we just get into the flow of playing games um, which is something that during the summer can be hard you know your first game can be difficult once you've been away no matter how much you train you can't really simulate the exact same intensity of the game um, so it's good that we start sooner with the club um, but yeah what we did last year as well uh, we try to get together as much as we can throughout the season which can be difficult because like you know different clubs across the country play our games on different days and different nights so like what we usually do is if people play if the majority play on the Saturday we get together on a Sunday as a group and train for a few hours and then everyone goes back to work on the Monday um, it's just you know other teams and other countries have the ability you know to kind of get together more than we would because they're professionals but we're kind of learning that now and trying mm. to take advantage of days that we can get together when we can um, there was a number of debutants in uh, James Weldon's squad for this particular doubleheader against Austria included in those were Abigail Rafferty uh, Annalise Murphy Gandhi Malou Mamel who I want to talk to you about as well but firstly from Brunel Lauren Homan was also involved how did she get on and how good was it to have a teammate in there with you? Yeah it was great um, I'm, I'd like the first time we travelled up together she was a bit nervous you know which she should be but I think it was nice for it was nice for Lauren as well for me to be there when she was starting out um, just have a, a regular face that you see all the time I suppose um, and it's settled her for sure but you know I've been talking to her for a, time, a long time about it and this is the standard that she is at um, and she's well well capable if, um, of playing at this level so I was thrilled to see her get call up and she performed really well 
across the training sessions and across the weekend she's she's well able to perform at this level like so it was nice to see her there and what about Annalise Murphy from the address UCC Glanmire another player now that name keeps cropping up last season in the club scene how did she get on yeah she was great um, she was in um, for the Saturday and the Sunday so it was really nice to see Annalise you know and I would have gone up around her as well so it was nice to see her get her a chance um, she was in with us before and then she had a really hard injury with her Achilles um, so it was nice to see her you know fully recovered from that year under her belt and then come back in and join the team again so it was really really encouraging to see her back and just finally this the, the Limerick teenager we've been hearing about I think she's I'm not sure she's only 18 um, but yeah. Gandhi Malumamal and, and name we're going to be hearing a bit more about I imagine in the future she's off to the University of Connecticut next season which just shows you the quality of player but for a, such a young player how did she get on um, in stepping up to the international scene? Yeah super you know um, we had a few weekends and then Gandhi came in after when she came back from the States um, and for her age I think she has such a high ceiling uh, especially going to UConn she could be outstanding um, with her height and her athleticism she could be something really special and one of the biggest prospects we probably have um, exported in the country you know she's she's really long really athletic um, she just came in straight away and you know she was really professional in, in, professional in her approach to it and her training sessions so I'm really excited to see what she can do. Yeah, it, it's encouraging when you hear about those young players that we just mentioned there, uh, Lauren Holm and obviously Annelise Murphy from Leeside, but also Gandhi as well, coming in and uh, you know settling into a squad because you're going to need all these players and a few more. We don't know who you're playing in those FIBA Women's Euro Basket qualifiers in November just yet, Edel, but as you said, it, uh, the more players you get in and experience the international mm-hmm. setup. And I would imagine the fact that you were there for a weekend, was that even more important that it wasn't just one game one day and you were gone again? I know you're preparations weren't uh, like James would have liked a bit more time with you in the build up to it but the fact that you're out on the court is, is that the key thing for a team like that when you're trying to gel that whatever about practicing and getting to know them the more time you spend with these young players on court in those game in game situations and coming back to beat Austria 73-67 I mean that's the kind of thing you can't replicate in, in training that's it and you know we do scenarios in training and you just like you said we try to simulate it but you can't um, it's just Especially, like you said, getting together for the weekend. And I think that's what's really important. And James and the staff have done a really good job of making sure that we, when we get into camp in November, that it's not a shock to the system what happens. So, like, from Thursday to Sunday, then we were in camp. We trained twice a day, your meals, like, everything is organised in the same way that it would happen in November. So, like, when, we, when it happens in November now, when it's real, you know, real competition and it really matters, it's not new to us. Um, and it's something that we've been through before. So especially for the new people in, um, it's always a stressful environment. You know, it's a really high emotional and an intense environment. But once you can come off the floor, and especially for the younger girls and the new girls, they can see that you can bring up the intensity within the four lines. Once you come off the four lines, you can bring it back down. You know, carry yourself with professionalism and then you're fine after that. But um, yeah, no, I think the whole weekend of it really, really helps us as a group gel on the floor and off the floor but also it prepares us for what's to come. Excellent stuff. Before we let you go, Edel Thornton, Irish uh, women's senior basketball captain, you mentioned that the return of the Women's Super League, the 2023-24 season, is will shortly be upon us, believe it or not, at the end of September. I know it's not that far away. But from your own point you know. of view and from Brunel's point of view, um, seventh place finished last year, uh, which would be disappointing mm-hmm. by your high standards. What 
How is preseason going for Singleton Super Value Brunel at the moment? And what are the realistic aims, do you think, for this group of players heading into what has now become an incredibly, incredibly competitive um, top division? Yeah, um, obviously last year didn't go as planned, um, but I think this year we have a real we have a real chance, you know. And, and I just, to be honest, I fully trust in any team that I'm a part of. It can be naive at times, but I think we have such a young core and such a a good group of girls um, that are willing to do whatever it takes to win. Uh, it's really encouraging for me, you know. I get to go training and. They just want to get better, and it's, I I just love being around the group, and um, it's so nice to be around people that have similar mindset to you, um, and and getting like for me to be able to encourage them as well. Uh, obviously, like some of them would have hopes to be on the senior women's team in the future, and like to be around them at this age and try to influence them as much as I can. And um, while hopefully winning a few uh, few trophies will be really really nice. Uh, but I think this year, you know, we're young again. But like everyone else in the league, like you said, it's become a really competitive league. Um, and I think with the results that our Irish teams and our young Irish teams are having, it's just a testament to the clubs and it's gone back to the clubs. And um, we're, we're in a really good place, I think, at the moment with the younger girls that we are um, developing within Brunel. So I'm really excited for this year and, to be honest, for the next couple of years because I think we'll be around for a while and uh, we've a few trophies in us yet, hopefully. Well, it sounds like it anyway. Definitely, tell you're you're, yeah. de- you're definitely speaking like a true captain. And look, listen, congratulations uh, to you and the Irish team on that fantastic comeback, seventy three sixty seven win over Austria recently. We will talk to you again around the time it is announced uh, when Ireland find out who their FIBA Women's Eurobasket twenty twenty five qualifier opponents are, uh, which begins in November. And I know we're going to be talking to you pretty soon uh, with the return of the Women's uh, Basketball Super League once again. But for now, Irish international captain Adele Thornton, thank you so much for taking the time to speak was here on the big red bench thanks William there yeah Adele Thornton there speaking with Jar McCarthy and you can hear uh, more chats like that every week on uh, Thursdays at noon on the Women in Sport podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on redfm.e alright it's all over at the Emirates Stadium it ended 3-1 to Arsenal here's Guy Swindles Arsenal 3, Manchester United 1. Two goals in a minute in the first half. Rashford giving United the lead against the run of play. Odegaard equalising. In the second half, Arsenal given a penalty, overturned on VAR. Canacho on as a substitute, thought he'd won it three minutes from the end of normal time for United, only for it to be ruled out offside, just by VAR. Then in time added on, Declan Rice scored his first goal for Arsenal to put them in the lead in the 90 minute and in the hundredth Gabriel Jesus race through to make it Arsenal 3 Manchester United 1 oh, we're into the international window now it's great isn't it fantastic uh, we get to see Ireland try and go up against France and the Netherlands <laughs> oh my god okay sure look we'll, uh, we'll be we'll be looking back at that that game next weekend on the big red bench and looking forward to the Netherlands on the Sunday as well uh, really looking forward to that we'll, we'll talk pro wrestling now and a Rebel County Wrestling Cork's only res- wrestling promotion they're back with a big show next week it's their final show at the Kino before they move to a new venue to hear more about it Rory was joined by RCW's promoter alright it's been a while since we checked in with our pals at Rebel County Wrestling delighted the main man is here Mr Billy Bedlin Billy how are you sir Rory how are you doing sir not too bad at all it's great to have you man it's been a while, isn't it? 
Jeez, I've just as we were coming in there, it's pre-COVID since we were in the studio, yeah. So 2000 we, and yeah. well, I don't know, 2000, 2019, I suppose. Yeah, late 2019 would have been. Yeah, I mean, like we've done bits on Zoom and stuff like yep. that as well. But like as we were kind of just talking beforehand, like just working on Zoom all day, it does kind of get to you, doesn't it? Ah, it does. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like in my normal day job, that's what I do. Like, so um, it's nice to finally see, finally see you in person, you know. Yeah, it's been it's been a while, as I said, but um, it's been two years, is it, since RCW's been in existence? One one year, actually. one year. Yeah, it feels a lot longer. Yeah, so Doesn't we're it? we're coming up to our one year anniversary now in November. Um, you establish yourselves like very quickly. Yeah, well, I suppose we after Phoenix closed, we kind of opened up RCW pretty quick after. Um, I think that that shut down on the end of August, we'll say last year, and then we had uh, within four or five weeks we had a show announced and we had the, all that kind of stuff. So we kicked off again in November. So I think we're on going into number show number seven now, uh, six or seven mm. in the kino in uh, Saturday week in the ninth of September. Yeah, so it's been good. What's been the main difference, I suppose, between RCW and Phoenix? Uh, simpler, simpler model. Um, I think the Phoenix had kind of, kind of run away. It was like a runaway train, you know. There was a lot going on. There was there was a gym, but the gym was up in Limerick. There was a lot of, there was too, too many cooks, kind of a thing, you know. Mm. And um, I think it, 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 we were everyone was a little bit jaded from it, you know. Yeah. Whereas, um, kind of took a few, a little bit of time to reflect. Not doing as many shows as well. I mean, we we were running with Phoenix hard every mm. couple of weeks. We either had a gym show, we had a main show. We were in Cork, we were in Limerick, um, and then I was launching another brand, Phoenix uh, Extreme. Which probably would have been the death of me if I'm being <laughs> honest with you. But um, so this is a simpler model. We're doing better shows, I think. Uh, less regularly it's maybe the six mm. six weeks seven weeks even though I have three shows between now and the end of the year planned but that's that's because I'm going to a new venue Rory <laughs> you are indeed going to a new venue yeah. uh, the show on the 9th of September is the last in the kino I mean like the spiritual home of Cork Wrestling I suppose yeah I mean we, we thought the last one would be the last one in the kino but we were, we were doing one more because they've changed ownerships again and um, I suppose that we, we much much love and much respect to the people that run the kino but um, it has been some great nights but the only problem with the Kino is the lack of consistency there mm. where we change hands so many times we're left in limbo a lot so um, we're going to the Pav yes yeah so the Pav from the from the 4th of November and then the December the 9th is, or December the 8th Friday December the 8th uh, we have Eric Young coming over um, from, from America for December show so yeah so look we're, we're hoping that we can make the Pav our new home it's a great venue um, CCW did one show back there about 7 or 8 years mm. ago I remember being at it as, as just sitting down watching it I wasn't involved Great venue, but it's since then it's been done, it's been remarkably uh, turned around by Benny McCabe and the crew. So yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, I was going to say the refurb that, that Benny and Leo McCabe have uh, done with the place. It's a proper grand theatre now. It's going to make an epic backdrop for your shows. Oh, absolutely! And I mean, they're looking for a more diverse uh, cultural. Uh, Different different night out in there. You can see from what they have uh, I've scheduled over the last number of months. So I think we fit in. We fit in nicely mm. there, you know. And I think uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. But um, we've one more in the Kino, which is September the ninth, and um, we, like we might do another one in the Kino at some point. We're never, yeah. never close. Say never say never. But I'm hoping that. The pub's a bigger venue. It's a better setup. It's a nicer kind of uh, experience with the the sound and everything. It'll be really no- noisy in there, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it'd be cool. I suppose you need to make it a success then as well to to get back in there. I suppose and keep the shows going. So, yeah, try and get people in the door of the pub. Um, I suppose the the key point of that. Well, I think I think yeah, but I think it opens up a new audience for us as well mm. a little bit. You know, I mean, the, just the power of the social media that the pub will have as well. Uh, and I know I've been speaking to them. They, they're they're more than happy to push it for us as well. You know. And we we do have a good, we do already have a good kind of uh, 
core nucleus of wrestling fans in Cork. So I, I do, I, I'm just hoping that we can put on good enough shows that we can grab more people's attention mm. and I can actually grow the business because I suppose what we're looking for next the next 12 months with RCW is to grow and do bigger shows maybe less frequently but definitely bigger bigger shows and you never know where we might end up you know and, uh, Speaking of the crowd I'd imagine by and large the, the Phoenix crew the Phoenix family the Phoenix fans have kind of followed you over to RCW Yeah yeah they have I mean <coughs> Cork Wrestling is Cork Wrestling it doesn't matter whether it's CCW Phoenix or RCW that they're just brands but the people are the same um, very much so like the likes of yourself who've been a, a big advocate for us and thank you very much for down for the years and, and there's others as well you know we've a lot of podcasters we've the same faces in the crowd all the time <laughs> same wrestlers we've Matt Schuyler Raven Creed myself Marion Armstrong Butch Armstrong Mr Charlie um, Dino Power you know so uh, Reardon O'Connor the only thing we're missing really is a school um, and I, I'm trying to look for a venue at the moment to, to open one again yeah. so yeah. So bring in the next generation I suppose and yeah, well, people want to to start wrestling. Well, we're missing that. Like you know, we're not going to create any new stars in Cork or create any new wrestlers in Cork right now because we don't have anyone for them to train. And if you look at the likes of Sam Desham, he's—I can't believe he was twenty today. I remember <laughs> when he was fourteen, came into us at the start. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was afraid of his life to open his mouth and look at him now. Like you know, yeah. and he's been rump- bumping and rolling around the place for the last six, seven years. But the likes of him. Where's the next kind of young guys that want to get into wrestling, guys and girls? So we need we need that. So if anyone's listening and they have a they have a unit that they'd love to rent to Billy Bedlam and RCW, <laughs> please get in touch. And um, I suppose as any wrestling fans know, I mean, like you talk to any Irish wrestling fan, they'll tell you about the time they saw Sheamus in front of a crowd of like twenty people. Yeah. So you don't know where the next superstar is going to come from, and you go to one of these shows, you could be watching the next WWE, NXT, AEW star. Absolutely, yeah. If you look at look at the model we have right now, so LJ Cleary is our champion, right? His partner Valkyrie, she's over in double, she's over to WWE mm. in and in America, she's doing great things. You know what I mean? Um, LJ Cleary, you know, is 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 going to be signed at some point. He's so, class, yeah, and he's he's great guy to have as our first champ. But like in the next couple of weeks, I guarantee you, you'll see he's gone. Right? Mm. He's gone to he's gone somewhere at AW. He's gone to Japan. He'd be it's only a matter of time before the likes of him. Um, and and there's more. There's more, and and Raven Creed's done great things over in progress as well. So like, yeah, you might you might it might be 100, 150 people here in Cork, but Mark Andrews is coming to to wrestle LJ Clear. He wrestled all over the world. He's current Impact Tag Team Champion. Um, you know, he, that's the kind of caliber of shows no. we, wrestlers that we have. And that's the the kind of what I was getting at is kind of like the pathway. And like someone who starts wrestling can see like you wrestle locally, you wrestle nationally, you yep. wrestle internationally. Absolutely, yeah, and it, 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 there's so many avenues open there now for people. Between like there's, there's ourselves, there's Hard Knocks, there's Fight Factories, OTT. They, they, they'd be kind of national, the national uh, company. Yeah. They open the pathway then to the UK, and then you get once you get noticed, you know, people are always looking for new wrestlers to come around the place. You Japan international wrestling, as you said, America. But yeah, it's, it all starts, and mm. it all starts from day one. Somebody taking the decision to go into a, a local gym and go, I want to be a wrestler, and yeah. we go, okay. And I, still, I get a great buzz when I see the likes of Valkyrie or see Debbie Cagetel popping up in NXT yeah. and I said I just saw them like in Cork a few weeks ago it's, it's really brings it that bit closer to you It does yeah and um, 
like uh, uh, J- JD McDonough was um, was wrestling Ricky Combat mm. in, in, in a gym in Cork here a couple of years back as well <laughs> I saw the, I saw today actually there was Jim, Jim Sullivan put up a, a photograph of yourself you had a yeah, when I grow se- up I want to be Ricky Combat <laughs> that was seven years ago yeah, yeah seven years yeah. ago and that was a great night actually like 39 Celtic Rumble yeah but um, like Will Ospreay rec- wrestled Ricky as well um, so I mean you're talking with international stars on the independent scene yeah. they do the indies they do the gym shows they do the Cork the Dublins and uh, it makes everyone better Ricky if you're listening come back to us kid we want to see in the ring absolutely, absolutely. Um, talk about this card man on the 9th in the keynote it is absolutely stacked I actually don't know where to start but I suppose uh, you've mentioned him already and it's one man I want to talk about is Mr Charlie he's getting his own singles match whereas he's often been pre- performing tag matches and stuff like that but that again shows the progression yeah. um, of the local talent well, Mr. Charlie's been around as long as I have, really, um, and he's he's one of these kind of wrestlers that like he's over his over with the crowd, like you know. Um, you hear that pop when his his uh, his entrance box. music comes on. Yeah, what's in the box? Interesting dynamic he'll have with the Sam here now, oh, who's yeah. kind of he's Billy Bedlam's favorite wrestler, the Sam, uh, and he is he's kind of he's kind of new enough on the scene, but mm. he's uh, he has the bag, so we're gonna have a what's in the box what's, versus what's in the bag match, and uh, the loser loses the gimmick. So a uh, bit of a big stipulation for that. Yeah, there's some absolutely massive matches on. The- this card you mentioned uh, LJ Cleary taking on Mark Andrews that's going to be a barn burner Ah, well, let's pick it a pick it a bunch, really. Um, Mark Andrews, I'm a I've been a, a big fan of his since what, trying to watch him or watching him in progress back in the day. And like he's been in NXT UK, he's been wrestled all over the world. He's going to put on if you've never seen wrestling before, <laughs> and you just watch LJ Cleary versus Mark Andrews, you're going to come back because that's yeah. going to be an amazing match. Uh, a fantastic women's match as well. Cork's only need Vaughan going up against that uh, Katie Harvey, one of the OGs. Yeah, Katie Harvey, uh, a trendsetter in in Irish wrestling, female uh, Irish women's wrestling. And um, would you believe this is our f- in a year? doing it's our first women's match yeah women's only match because we kind of we 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 don't have a women's division as such because mm. wrestling is a little bit different like that it kind of men and women kind of wrestle each other but uh, yeah that's going to be a great match for Anita Vaughan and Katie Harvey looking forward to that yeah and there's a, um, the tag match as well the, for the tag team championship it's uh, I suppose a fatal four-way tag match it is um, yeah well I have some big names in it <laughs> I have the tag belt sitting in my kitchen for the last while and there's no point in sitting in a box right so um, Beard of Beauties yeah big time um, just the former Phoenix champ or well currently undefeated uh, Phoenix champ he's a forever champ uh, with with, with, uh, Phil Boyd PB&J versus Step Hernandez who um, are probably the most two the of the new breed very new guys coming out of Hard Knocks the two most entertaining guys around Um, and the, the 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 last team is uh, actually Matt Skyler and Tucker. Class. Yeah, so that's uh, that's one that we just put together there in the last couple of hours. It's but, going to um, be a busy yeah. busy match, man. It's going to be very yeah. very exciting. And um, talk to me. I've never heard of a pole elimin pole elimination match. A change to the pole elimination match. Well, I, kind of, I, I don't think I could come up with a proper name for it. But um, in 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 concept, is it elimination chamber without a chamber? <laughs> right. So, six guys will come into the match. First four, will be, I will chain them, have their yeah, hands yeah. to the railing, and the, the last two guys will start the match. And every two minutes, one will be released into class. the match. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be on hand on the outside with the keys in the locks because uh, somebody has to take charge. That kind of thing, you know. Yeah, and some big names involved in that match as well. Yeah, absolutely. Owen Richards, um, Steve Carvel. 
uh, Fabio and uh, Martin Steers and obviously there is uh, CBL who is a massive massive fan of the car or favourite of the car crowd and then there's a a mystery um, a mystery that will be revealed on the night Ooh. big RCW debut oh looking forward to that one yeah. um, and that's yeah sounds like it's going to be an absolutely cracking night in the keynote on the uh, the 9th of September for yourself Mr Bedlam you wrestling much are you nope, able to wrestle not at all not at all I'm in I won't I'm not retired I'm inactive inactive so it's surgery in um, it's stomach surgery in February yeah. and um, I have to wait a year before I start physically doing any training right. but I've been I, I actually did a little bit of rolling around the ring last week for the first time in 13 months Yeah, and uh, it wasn't my stomach was the problem it was my hips <laughs> and my back that's old age no yeah, don't, don't talk to me so I'm, I'm 45 next year I mean I probably I'm, I'm hoping to have a couple of matches next year yeah. right, just as a kind of just to kind of get it out you must be missing it I'd say yeah. I do yeah. yeah I do I do I do but I'm also I also feel my age if you know what I mean you're, you're Martin Steer is there is 20 years younger than me more yeah. Fabio <laughs> I mean, I was barely able, like, myself and Butch were tag team champions on Titanic. We were having some good matches, yeah. but I was feeling it, like. In the ring, I was fine, but after the match, I was dead. Yeah. So, I'd like to think that I can still have a couple of matches next year, and, and we'll see how we go, but uh, it, it, it depends on the body. And I'm never, I'm not retired, I'm just an active. <laughs> That's a nice phrase, man. Yeah. All right, September 9th, uh, the keynote, the last show in the keynote, uh, coming up uh, door 7 o'clock. Tickets, Mr. Bedlam? Tickets on sale still, yeah, Ticketmaster, or, or uh, sorry, eventbrite.ie, and um, there'll be some available on the door as well, but um, seats nearly sold out, so if you want to get your ticket, get online now. Best of luck with it, dude. Thank you very much. Yeah, the very best of luck to all the lads at RCW. All right, that is it for us. We're out of time. Ger's going to be back with a Women in Sport podcast on Thursday at noon. We'll be back next week on Saturday from 6pm. Max Blackburn is on the way next with Green on Red. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.